This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hi, Ellis Pod fans. It's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parkin' or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off could be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's when the time. Listeners, I know what you're thinking. That's not Rich Pullen. No, it's me, JR Joe, covering on the presser. But as ever, I've got the illustrious star, the real star of the show with me from Total Sports Swindon, it's Ryan Walker. Good morning, Joe. Uh, yes, it's not Rich, it's a new double act duo, isn't it, uh, for the next few games. So best we make our mark and you never know, Rich might not have a job to come back to. Well, who knows? Um, I, I feel like we need to do the, you know, the meet cue. I'm a, I'm a big fan of the presser. Seems like a better time as any to ask you, what is your favourite Easter confectionery, Ryan? <laughs> um, you know, I like to kind of go a little bit of the higher end, um, a lint Easter egg, you know, with a little mini eggs thrown in there. Uh, that's got to be the one for me. Um, I should have asked Ben Garner that this morning. Asked him what his Easter treat is, but as as you'll hear as we discuss, he he was in good moods and then down moods and then up moods and then sad moods. So it's a bit of a strange one. Well, yeah, I'm only learning today because I just was saying I've been doing the prep, thinking that this would be a double header of be covering two games. But you can't ask him uh, for the Orient presser. So every cloud, yeah, exactly every cloud. So we'll be we'll be back in well Saturday afternoon. We said we'll record so. Yeah, we'll be back speaking in a couple of days. Uh, I'll probably speak to you more than I'll speak to my family over the weekend, to be honest. <laughs> that's a bit, that's a bit, a bit morbid for Easter. Um, that's the other thing to think about that I really do know what the listeners are thinking about, and they're thinking, 
is it all too late? Have the brakes come off? And for all the elaborate sort of Easter crude chat, we could say one thing is for sure that, you know, if the resurrection is on, Swindon have to move the stone and they have to do that starting on Good Friday away to Harrogate. This is going to be um, first time John ever, 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 ever up that far north, the land of uh, land of tea rooms up at Weatherby Road. I think a few of the Swindon away faithful are going. I know that Connor and Terry from the pod will be going. I feel like this is like their second season. Of course, we didn't have a season in League Two last year. They finished 17th. That's kind of where they're sitting now. Ten points sort of clear of their relegation rivals. You'd feel like surely they've done enough this year. Yeah, you, it, they're a strange kind of team, aren't they? They're very much, you know, with no disrespect to, to Harrogate, you always kind of expect them to be around that position unless they get some kind of serious better players in and, and more investment really into the team. 47, 10 points off Oldham, yeah, you're looking at that and you're thinking they're they're, they're pretty much safe by now. Um, I'd be very surprised, regardless if they win their next any of their next games or not. Uh, they should be safe, and that not only means good for Swindon because, of course, they're now going to a team that are probably starting to take the breaks off a little bit. Maybe some of the players we always hear that old saying holiday mode. They might be getting towards that stage, and and Swindon have a really good chance to. To keep their playoff hopes alive, a loss, any well, anything but a win tomorrow, and you're starting to say, okay, oh, maybe this just isn't a season. Yeah, exactly. I mean, looking at the form over the year, um, you know, when they've needed to do the business against their relegation rivals, they've managed to get the results that they need. But look at how they've performed against you know, other other teams, sort of in and around those uh, promotion playoff places. They've usually made light work of them, and I think we would be expecting Swindon to do the same. It was a bit of a, a drub spelling at home, wasn't it? There was a 1-1 that Jack Payne managed to spare our blushes with a late penalty, but I think that people will be hoping that we're going to be a bit more relentless tomorrow. Well, they need to be, don't they? You'd be expecting it. The, the only kind of wary note that, that fans might think about is the fact that we've not scored in our last two now. We seem to be on this little bit of a, a spell whereby we're struggling to not only create clear-cut chances, but obviously finish those rare chances that we're getting in games at the moment. Um, Harrogate, for all their blushes, do do attack well. Um, they lost 2-0 to Salford, and that scoreline from the weekend doesn't really reflect their performance. You look at the highlights, they had chances to score in that game. Um, and, and for Swindon, really, they, they, just need, they just need to get back to it, don't they? They need to kind of get back to that free-flowing football um, where, they, where they just tear teams apart at times. See, of course, the the downside is that they only seem to be able to do that with Harry McCurdy. He's not fit to tomorrow, Ben Garn told us this morning. He will be fit, hopefully, fingers crossed, for Monday. Um, just has a couple of remaining tick boxes that he needs to do in terms of rehabs. A lot of that's involved in getting him back sprinting, which he's yet to fully do. And the other news is that Johnny Williams, um, he actually picked up a diaphragm injury, which was certainly one word that I wasn't expecting to spell this morning. Um, when he was away on international duty of Wales, he's aggravated a little bit and so another late call to make on this fitness. It's very exciting to hear about Harry McCurdy. You know, strangely, think about Mr McCurdy then, Easter. I don't think about Easter Road and that's where Hibernian play, isn't it? Because the rumour mill is swirling already <laughs> and the tabloid press are making insinuations. Yet, yeah, uh, so exciting news to hear that he could be back, he, not necessarily for tomorrow, but maybe by... By the Orient game, yeah. By the Orient game, it looks it looks that way. Obviously, you, in the press conference this morning, you really sense Ben Garner's Ben Garner's urgency to have his top goal scorer back, and, and it's no secret that 
you know, regardless of whether Swindon scored judge goal here or there when he's out, Swindon just don't play as well. They seem to lack they seem, they seem to lack quality in the final third when Harry McCurdy's not playing. And we saw that, I think, a lot of the times against Newport at the weekend. Josh Davison doesn't play as well on his own as to when he's got Harry McCurdy next to him. Um, so back Monday, all being well, but of course the risk is that, you know, he did have that injury. He's probably been rushed back sooner than he would have expected, but... I mean, for Harry McCurdy, Chelsea are out of the Champions League, so he's probably all focusing on Swindon now. <laughs> I'm surprised you saw any Champions League this week, Ryan, but we won't go there. <laughs> <laughs> no, we won't go there. <laughs> and speaking of injuries, OK, so yes, we were very pleased to get uh, Louis Barry back in recent weeks, uh, uh, Tomlinson as well. Saw a bit of Ben Gladman, which we'll come on to a bit later. Um, anything to say on? I know that Jacob Bryan wasn't well recently, and I think Harry Parsons had a bug. Any talk of them? Well, the only talk about that is very, very briefly mentioned. Jacob Bryan, of course, was kind of back on the bench against, against Newport. Um, he's absolutely fine. Had another four weeks training. He's, he's fine. Uh, Harry Parsons had a slight illness last week. Again, he's been back in training. So there's nothing else to report. It is just that late fitness call on Johnny Williams that needs to be made. Yeah, it sounded unusual. It sounded like a diaphragm injury, so I don't know if there's some sort of respiratory issue. The way it was phrased was, was a diaphragm rib injury. So, yeah, it, that would allude me to think the same as yourself, that it's probably maybe something to do with breathing around that area. But but who knows? Johnny Williams, you know, I would say he's a big loss for Swindon Town. Um, his ability to pick up the ball is a loss, but you know, at times we still haven't seen that much quality from him. But interestingly... He's not the only Welshman who came up in today's presser, is he? Because we had some Brandon Cooper chat. We did. There was a question posed to Ben Garn, just really whether it, this was the end of Brandon Cooper or whether we would see him at, I should say, not the end of him. In, you know, he's not dead. Um, I just mean the end of his his end of his Swindon town career. Um, they, the hope that Ben Garn told us was that it was always going to be he might be back for the final games. It looks like he's probably going to be back mid-June sometime and that will give him time to get ready for the start of pre-season, wherever that may be at. Uh, the most important thing is that he recovers, but as far as Swinton's hand goes, he, he won't be playing again for us. I guess sort of sort of reading along and following on, on Total Sports Swinton, a lot of us are wondering whether that intent was that he could be back for next year. It's a bit of, yeah, there's some weird phrase in there, wasn't he? Hopefully he can be ready for the start of pre-season. Does that mean pre-season at Swindon Town? Um, does it mean back at his parent club? It, it's a bit of a strange one. What I would probably most think you'd see is that he will be back at Swansea. He's obviously had a few games for Swindon Town where he impressed that in. Um, I think a lot really for Swindon, with, with, which is similar for a lot of our loan players, is Swindon probably you look at some of them and think they have to get promoted in order to keep some of the loan players that have done really well. Okay, and again, just to come back to Johnny Williams quickly, if he's not available, who are you expecting to slot in there? Tough question. Um, you know, they could they could include Ben Gladwin from the start and kind of keep the same midfielders that they had the other day and push Jack Payne further up the pitch. Um, that might be one tactic. It's, it's a hard one, isn't it? Because, of course, Johnny Williams only really seems to start games when Harry McCurdy's unfit. So if Johnny Williams is then unfit as well, then you're left with maybe a new look formation. But it'll be interesting to see. Ho hopefully he's fit and able to start. Quite possibly. I mean, a, a name that sort of pops into my head, of course, is Jada Mitchell Lawson, who's only sort of had cameo appearances. Uh, would be a big, uh, a big opportunity to step up for him if uh, if he was chosen. It would be. But the thing with Jada Mitchell Lawson is you still look at him when he comes on and. And you mentioned it there correctly that he only gets these cameo appearances. It's very rare for him to 
start game or even more rare for him to actually get more than 15, 20 minutes at the end of a match when Swindon and Arise are chasing their tails or seeking to hold on to a, to a close lead. Um, he seems like, almost like, a, despite the fact that he's been there all season, he still needs to find that match sharpness which only comes from playing games. Yes, and hopefully that will be something that they can build on for next year in terms of getting game time for people. But let's, you know, let's get on to it. Let's, let's talk about the the massive elephant in the room. It is, of course, playoff pushes. Now, mm. a lot of pessimism after uh, after the Newport game last week. Um, fan base quite dour on the pod on Sunday evening. But, I mean, this might be a, a comedic thing to say here <laughs> in the 11 minutes in. Mathematically, Ryan, we could still win the title. If everyone else does nothing, there's <laughs> still 18 points up for grabs, isn't there? So there is, you're, you're there starting is... to sound more like Ben Garner now with his, with his uh, unrivaled <laughs> optimism, whereby you know each week we get some statement of we have to win the next seven, we win the next six. Um, yeah, <laughs> we technically could. Of course, at the moment, 11th in the league, 62 points. You think of that game in hand, still one point off the playoffs, and we'll, we'll touch probably on the run-ins a little bit later on, but. There's, anything can still happen for Swindon. The, the most important thing is that they have to win their next game, which, which again, I sound like Ben Garner now, but they have to beat Harrogate to really kind of get back to winning ways. Of course, uh, no win in their last three now. It's, it's The form's dropped off a little bit. This is our lowest league position that we've had actually this season. Um, and we posed a question to Ben Garner, is it must-win games? Is, are you at that stage now? And it was a little bit tentative. It was almost that he didn't want to commit himself to saying, yes, every game's a must-win game. Um, he said, we are getting to that stage um, and we just have not to get too bogged down kind of with that perspective and, and not build it up too much in the players' heads. Um, it's, a, it's a balancing act, isn't it? I'm kind of afraid of, you know, you, you probably need to increase the pressure. Um, but then, of course, he's been around these players all season and some of them might not react well to that type of pressure. feels like the tone sort of yo-yoed from being like the, you know, the realist, the optimist. And I was surprised to even hear just from a little bit because he was talking about not wanting the players to get, you know, to get bogged down in that relegation battle, not to let that loom over its head. I think that maybe reveals itself some, some of the answers to the later questions. But I was interested to hear that he feels from the last two games... And I'm not sure that you know yeah. even the uh, even the most expected of the fan bases would say that. But that was six points dropped. I don't know if everybody expected necessarily a win at Newport. I think that Rochdale and Crawley, we certainly expected better. So I was surprised to hear that you felt that six points were lost on that. Um, but then, of course, you can't win games without goals, and <laughs> lack of goals was certainly something that came up, wasn't it? Yeah, there was, there was two interesting points made there. You touched on that kind of that Ben Garner felt that Swindon should have had six points from the Rochdale and the Newport game. Um, Saturday should have been, been a clean sheet, he said. Um, he gave us that kind of famous quote of Newport was a smash and grab. Um, but you have these moments in football and you have to not panic. Maybe there needs to be a little bit of panic because certainly I was there on Saturday at the Newport game and played really well first half, created chances, should have scored. Um, but second half, they didn't deserve anything. And I, I think really a, a draw is, is, is probably the most fair result. I certainly don't think Swindon did enough to win the game. Um, lack of goals recently. It's now two games 
uh, without a goal for Swindon Town. We we haven't been a team really bar the odd match this season whereby we go and blow teams away. I don't think that'll change now. Um, typically, we'll always win by a goal or a, a push two goals. Um, and Bengar didn't. He didn't. It was interesting because he didn't come out and say, you know, we're not failing to score goals. Look at our last five, or look at our last ten, or or he didn't even give us the line of behind Forest Green, uh, we scored the second most goals in the league, which was the case until Saturday. Um, he said it's a combination of things, really, these lack of goals. But the main thing for him is that he doesn't get annoyed at the players if they miss chances. Um, he gets disappointed with them when they stop creating chances. So as long as we create creating chances, he feels it's a, it's a matter of luck in many ways and that luck will change. Um, and you just have to have the same mentality. He actually quoted Harry Kane. He, he said, you know, when Harry Kane misses five or six chances, um, you, you'll still keep going for it and trying to get on the end of the next one. Um, obviously, the problem is that Josh Davison isn't Harry Kane. Um, he wants Swindon to keep getting the positions and, and trust that it will come, but time's running out for those goals to come. And, and they, you know, you really feel that from a confidence point of view as well, to get these players backfiring all cylinders, you need to go out against Harrogate and put at least three past them. This is this is coming down to the key pit, and I, I was thinking I might come on to it later, but we can sort of tie it into a, a neat bubble. You say there are Harry Kane quotes, and we remember earlier in the season that he got the old... Um, What's his name? But the um, Jake Humphrey podcast mm. out for <laughs> Harry McCurdy. This idea of like inspirational figures changing that mentality, you know, trying to get that professional mentality going through, not letting players get disheartened, enjoying games. These phrases are coming out over and over again. It feels almost like, and again, and maybe this speaks to like the pragmatist and the realist we were talking about before, um, you know, that he has to acknowledge the situation that they're in, but at the same time sort of shield the players and make them put that to one side, forget about all of those pressures so that they can enjoy their football and be in a positive mindset because that positivity equals points. Yeah, precisely that. He, he likes to kind of reference other people or, as you mentioned, their kind of high-performance podcast. And, and I think a lot of this probably comes from his time at Crystal Palace, whereby he was involved with, you know, uh, higher quality players um, in, a, in a much more kind of higher professional environment, for want of a better word. Um, and he's probably trying to adopt some of those things to Swindon Town. Some of them will work, some of them won't. Um, but, but like you said, it's about confidence. And he, he's really trying to get the confidence back into the players. Um, the problem is that the only way you really build confidence is with wins and and even if you're not winning by scoring lots of goals, you know, if you if you lose one nil to Newport, it's a little bit tough to take. If if you go out and draw, you know, three three or four four or something like that, then you know, at least you've kind of can fall back and say, Okay, at least we're scoring goals at the moment. It is really a confidence thing, but they, they have to get the confidence back and quick if they want to make the playoffs because really if you drop points against Harrogate and everyone else picks up points, that's regardless of what the maths say, you know, in, in their heads at least, the playoff push will be over. Yeah, exactly. And I know that there'll be people who are sort of rolling their eyes at this kind of chat and it all sounds, you know, a bit like blue sky thinking. Um, we have learned, of course, this week that Ben Garner will be very much with us with the foreseeable, <laughs> with a bit of a contract chat that's emerged. This isn't an extension. This is just what's revealed and what he signed on the dotted line in July that he's here. Is it till 2024? Yeah, June 2024. So this was revealed by accident, actually. Um, 
Bison wanted to work on the club who was contributing by messaging in um, to the supporters trust Monday evening show. Um, and it was Donnie Layfield at the advert that kind of first wrote the story up. And, and we were chatting this morning about it to Ben Garner. And, and the fact is he's been given a three-year contract when he walked through the door. Um, from Ben Garner, it's the first time he, he's kind of been made to talk about his contracts. It's already been kind of hush-hush uh, previously. Um, but it's a three-year contract. He said it's what I signed when I came to the club. And it was always a case of building for the future. Uh, staying in the league was the aim this season. Uh, we've done a great job, obviously, to make the playoffs would be amazing for them um but he talks about kind of what swindon are doing behind the scene and you do really get the sense that ben garner isn't just a head coach or manager or whatever you want to call him he is more than that at swindon town he's fully invested in the plans off the pitch just as much as he is in the plans on the pitch um and and he he said to us you know there's a lot of hard work that has gone on behind these scenes to try and connect with the community to build the academy up and he said, when I leave this club, I want it to be in a lot better position than when I walk through the door. Yeah, and it's not its not a question of doing the, uh, oh, got your club back chat or that kind of thing. But if we think it's nearly, it's almost five years to the date of the last time we were relegated from League One into League Two. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I think back to those feelings then of those, up until the promotion season, the points per game, it felt a lot more sort of desolate and desperate being down there in terms of promotion because it felt almost like going up was was all that we had. And there are moving parts and everything is sort of improving and pushing forward across the whole landscape of the football club rather than just that. And I guess the other thing is that the three-year contract is not an unusual thing to get in football. He's got it for his experience and he's not a stranger to a late... Playoff push, is he? No, he's he's certainly no stranger. Uh, he did it with Ian Holloway at Crystal Palace, and it and it was put to him about you know how much did that experience help you? Can you actually apply anything to it going into your own playoff push? Um, it was asked by Andrew Hawes at the BBC, and and I've, I've never really delved too much into Ben Garner's history at Crystal Palace. I understand the roles that he did there and some of his successes, um, but he felt there is lots you can take from those past experiences. He really went on a little bit about Palace where he said we had a dip when he was there. Uh, we got into playoffs on the last day of the season, then had a tough draw against Brighton. No one expected us to win. Glenn Murray was injured uh, and then they went on to win the playoffs. Um, he then gave a little bit of a rallying call to, to Swindon players. And and this is where you're right about he changed his tone from kind of being pessimistic to optimistic and, and switched between the two throughout the press conference this morning. He said, if we get into the playoffs, then, then we can go and win it. Over two legs, we can beat anyone. And then in the final, you're at Wembley, but we have to focus on the here and now. So it's almost like he wants to get carried away and he wants to dream and believe, but he also doesn't want to come out and say a load of things like that and then, and then Swindon are left, you know, red-faced by the end of the season. Oh, absolutely. And uh, we know our experiences of that new Wembley. A very short trip for me, so I would hope that uh, <laughs> if that was the eventuality, we could put that hex to bed. Sounds like a good time. Shall we have a listen to your questions? Let's go for it. Hi, Ben. Good morning. Um, Ben Gladwin kind of came off the bench the other day, um, was back looking, well, obviously he was back from injury. Um, How big a part does he have to play between now and the end of the season? Because he's he's been there, he's got the experience and and he can probably help in in many ways, help players' mentality like you just mentioned in terms of getting them through those final games into the playoffs. Yeah, very much so. I think uh, great to have him back. Um, he, he's trained really well this week and he's gone up another level, um, which he will do because he's getting back up to speed and, and getting sharper. So he's great in terms of having a player back and his quality available. 
but also around the place, like you say, his experience and his know-how. Um, and he's one that takes time to talk to the younger players. I know Ricky Aguilar was speaking to him last week about his positioning and different ways he can find space as a midfield player. And um, that, that's great. You know, you need those players in your group that they're not coaches, but they are developing players as well. So, you know, we're working with Ricky, for example, and he's learning and improving all the time. But he will learn off Ben Gladwin as well through what he's gone through in his career and, and what he's done. So, um, no, it's vital to, to have him back and part of it. And he can play a key run, uh, a key part, sorry, in this, in this running now. And just looking at, you know, your running, I kind of looked at the team's fighting in the, for those playoff positions on paper at least you, you have the easiest running of the teams going for the playoffs so you know would it be a fair assessment to say that of your remaining games you probably should be making that top seven um i, I never understand people that look at things on paper and can analyze a running it baffles me you know you don't know how any team's going to play what their motivation is what they're fighting for um people players that are out of contract looking for, for new deals so um i, I just yeah, I think that's a ridiculous question, if I'm honest. We've got to focus on each game as they come. Every team's doing the same. What we do on the pitch tomorrow, what every other team does on the pitch tomorrow, and then into the subsequent games, that's all that matters. That's all that matters. If it was on paper, then brilliant. We could pick who we're going to play and who we're going to be, and we'll get promoted, but it's not that way. Do you not understand it from the point of view that, you know, out of your remaining games, you're, you're playing a team in the playoff positions currently only once, whereas opposed to kind of, Bristol Rovers, who have to play two of the automatics and at least one team currently in the playoffs. Do you understand it from that point of view? Yeah, but you look at results across the across the season. Does that mean those games are necessarily going to be harder than than the other games? Um, for example, we've got Barrow to play. Barrow are fighting to stay in the football league. You know, they're going to be fighting tooth and nail for that game. So everyone's got something to to, to play for all the time and. Um, and sometimes you'll have, you'll have teams that might be in, in, in mid-table and have, have just moved up from sort of a, a relegation position and they actually play better now because they relax. So right, we're not getting relegated, we're not going to get in the playoffs, oh, we, can, we can relax. And that helps some teams and allows them to play freer and, 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 and enhances their performances. So um, I, I'm not looking, I, I don't know anyone else who's running. I don't know the games. I don't waste any energy on, on, on looking at that. It, it, it's our schedule. It's our games. Um, and to be honest, at the moment, I'm not looking much beyond Harrogate. Brilliant. Thank you, Ben. Thank you. Okay, so yes, you asked, as we alluded to earlier, we had a return of Ben Gladwin, a huge presence uh, in every sense of the word for Swindon. We saw a little cameo uh, of him at the end of the game at Newport. Um, and you sort of talk about his his importance in the team. What dig more into that for me? Well, it's, it's Ben Gladwin is an interesting player that will always split opinion. Parts of the Swindon fan base, for some reason, um, absolutely detest Ben Gladwin. I can understand some of the reasons. Some of them, I think, are a bit exaggerated. Uh, some parts of the fan base think that he's brilliant and he's and he's crucial to Swindon Town. Regardless of how good he does on the pitch at times, he has a massive part to play between now and the end of the run. He's been there, he's done it, he's gone through the levels um, you know, in football and, and he has that experience of knowing how to get promoted, which is which I think Swindon really lack at times. Um, very young team and this is new territory to quite a few of the players in there. And as you heard Ben Garner tell us there, um, 
he, he really values Ben Gladwin. It was interesting to hear about how much he's talking to the players, um, especially the young players in the team, to try and help develop them. Um, and that's what I really wanted to dig into was whether, you know, he is just kind of another player in the team and or whether he actually has more to contribute between now and the end of the season. And you feel that Ben Garner also talks about this leadership group many times a season, and he's got to be a part of that. And and to have him back fit, he he might not start every game. He might not come and put in those star-studded performances where he bags loads of goals, but he has a big part to play, especially you know when we talk about the likes of Johnny Williams possibly being injured. Yeah, I, I, I can't really understand a lot of the time the criticism that Gladwin gets. Often I think it's because he sort of plays in this way that's hard to read, which I guess is um, his strength. I can't really miss an opportunity to mention that uh, I, along with Dan Hunt at the pod, went to sponsor's dinner the other week, don't you know? And you do get a sense from that kind of thing that there's a you know there's a real togetherness with this, this squad. Um, there's nice things of people doing... You know, fun Q and A's with each other about how well they all know each other, and everyone sort of joining in on their tables and playing along. So that sort of mentorship um, is going to be crucial in terms of where we want to go. We're having a one of the bright spots of this year, I think, is how we're using um, you know our local loans and things like that, where people aren't just sort of cast out on a you know on an island on their own, and that actually looking at development of younger players. And if Ben Gladwin can contribute on and off the pitch, more's the better. Exactly that. He's he's certainly a player that you probably. And I think, I feel like Ben Gladwin is certainly some player that would like to go into management. And you see those leadership qualities from him um, at Swindon Town. Ben Garner puts a lot of trust in the players at Swindon Town to manage the dressing room, to kind of um, have a leadership group that manages the players to an extent whereby it's their job to make sure that uh, players control their conduct. Players uh, don't turn up late. They kind of he leaves that to them. He always says that the dressing room is their domain. And and Ben Gladwin, if that is true, then has to really step up between now and the end of the season, along with a couple of other players, because it's all very well having the talent, but you also have to have the know-how of getting into the playoffs. It's it's a very different environment to when you're at the start of the season or midway through, and you kind of want to pick up points. It's it's about controlling your emotions going into these games and, and getting to the stage in a match whereby, you know, you may not have scored come the 70th minute, but you have to have someone that can keep those heads level when on the pitch. Because really at this stage in the season, as we touched on, you know, you're only one result away from your season being over. And then came <laughs> the final question. What I what I always love about the presser and what I always love about you good self, Ryan, is that coming at the back end of the press conferences, you actually get to ask the... They might be awkward or difficult questions for some, but I think they're actually speak to what we're all thinking. Mm. And you asked um, whether we had, I think actually quite reasonably, whether we had the easiest run-in compared <laughs> to our rivals. And I don't think he liked it, did he? He didn't like it. And we'll touch on that as you kind of, well, you heard him in the audio there kind of tell me that it was a ridiculous question. You're right about coming <laughs> at the end of the press conference. It's, it's a little bit of an unusual position to be in for myself because... You have to think of questions that haven't been asked, and you also have to think of questions that aren't just simply there uh, to give you a chance to speak. You don't just ask something for the sake of it. You have to have a purpose to get out of that, which, you know, rightly so. Like you said, it, it, sometimes it means that you have to, because of the questions that have been asked previously, you're not left with much to work with apart from probably the 
and overly critical stuff at times. This is a question that I don't think was overly critical. Let me just run you through um, Swindon's running for the rest of the season, unless people aren't aware. Uh, okay, so we got 17th place Harrogate this weekend, um, starting tomorrow. Then we've got, on Easter Monday, we've got 14th place Leighton Orient. Then 13th place Hartlepool. Forest Green, of course, league leaders. That is our only game against the team currently fighting for the playoffs or, or in the top 10. Then after that, we've got 21st place Barrow in a relegation battle. And of course, uh, Warsaw, who are safe in 18th position. And we always love to play Warsaw anyway, as this season has shown. So it wasn't a, a ridiculous question. I, I disagreed with him there. You heard me go back to him on the audio. Didn't just kind of settle there. Um, and Swindon do have the easiest running. I wrote a piece yesterday on all the teams. And now I still think Swindon will make the playoffs, given how easy their running is. But you know, some teams, for example, like, we dare we say Bristol Rovers, um, they might be six at the moment. They still have Salford, Port Vale and Forest Green still to play in their next three games, which is incredibly tough games. So Swindon on paper, and I, I hate saying those words on paper, but they should be beating each and every one of those teams, possibly with the exception of Forest Green. But of course, their season's pretty much done and dusted anyway, given where they are in the league, another one or two wins and they'd be safely... Uh, kind of looking at picking up the title this season. So it's it's a bit of a strange reaction from Ben Garner. Um, the, the most interesting part is when he said that he doesn't look at any other team's run-ins and he doesn't understand how anyone can actually analyse run-ins. Uh, well, I'll I tell you how, Ben, it's by looking at the league table and, and looking at positions of teams you have to play. Yeah, exactly. This is why I, I couldn't get my head around where he said, you know, he can't understand people who look at things on paper and analyse running it baffles me is that like all football chat always is that what people do every weekend every like pub coffee table that is how people talk about and digest the the game you're right it is on paper yes and where people are it should be a simple running and it's quite plausible that by the time that forest green comes around that they will be on the beach and looking forward to league one and not worrying too much about that and at the last game of the season, you know, we'll probably have twice as many fans as Warsaw. So they're all things that we'll come to in the coming weeks. Let's hope tomorrow is going to be the start of that resurgence. Um, okay, so before we sign off, um, I haven't really had time to think, especially with this, this injury news and no Johnny Williams, but what kind of lineup are you going for? Well, I'd be surprised if there's many changes made in there. We know that he doesn't really like to change the team unless he's forced to too many occasions. Um, that being said, I am going to make a couple of changes that may surprise people. I think Jojo Wallacott will obviously keep his place in goal. Joe Tomlinson at left back. Conroy, Jake O'Brien to come on in for Bowdry. Uh, I think Bowdry's actually played very well um, in recent games, but I'd be surprised if he keeps his place. Um, and also Rob Hunt, I think, might be relegated to the bench in place of Egbo because you see a lot of the times at the moment we're having a lot of attacking uh, play on Joe Tomlin's side but potentially not on Rob Hunt's side harsh to Rob Hunt because he's been brilliant this season but I could see Egbo coming in for a start there um, in the midfield you'll have Louis Reed, Ellis Iandolo and Ben Gladwin and then a front three of Barry Davison and Jack Payne should Johnny Williams be unfit yeah another divisive character there Bowdry I think he's done very well when called upon but Obviously, as he's looking to maybe wind down his Swindon career, you want to see younger people get the minutes in. Um, where's Odemayo? It's a difficult one, isn't it? Ever since Swindon have really changed to this 
back four instead of five. He's been on the periphery whereby he's not really able to force his way into the team. I would almost be tempted to try out Jacob Bryan and Akin Odomeo as a centre-back partnership. I think they're both young and both good enough to kind of play that position together. Of course, it would be a very, very ballsy decision by Ben Garner to go and leave out Dean Conroy, given the fact that he's the club captain as well. If he wasn't the club captain, I think it'd be a lot easier to drop him, but he's in that position and and he's clearly hold, holds that title for a reason. I sort of wonder, just from you know perform- his more recent performances and playing in that sort of uh, fullback position, getting forward, I guess I'm kind of concerned that maybe Ben Garner sees that there's potential to develop him to cover different positions, but that won't really count for anything if he's out of contract and decides that he doesn't want to be developed by Ben Garner. Well, that could be exactly it. When his contract runs out, he could probably say, actually, I've got enough interest from other clubs as he's in the summer. Uh, to go and get a move elsewhere and he's not been blessed with trust by Ben Garner this season so that might be a factor that plays into it as well because you probably look at some if he's a centre-back and that's probably the position he most identifies with if he looks and he sees the, the partnership of Dion Conroy and Matthew Bowder he probably thinks right well there's probably not a lot of trust in me here yeah so how much trust do you have in town tomorrow what's your prediction Going to give Town quite a lot of trust. I still predict them to make the playoffs. I hope I'm not shown um, tomorrow in the game against Harrogate. Uh, so I'm going to go for a 3-0 Swindon win. Confidence is back. I'm going to go for a similar one here, uh, but I'm going to let us slip one little goal in. I'm going to go for 3-1. And let's see where we are on Saturday. Exactly. When we next speak, we might not be there. <laughs> My playoff push might be over, <laughs> but we hope not. Uh, optimistic though, Tim. Ryan, thank you very much. Thank you very much, Joe. The Lone Strangers is an independent podcast and views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club. The intro music of the presser is by the amazing Drag Me Down, influenced by the great Matthew Kilford. And the podcast artwork is by Matt in Singapore. What a guy. Thanks for listening. Come on, Swindon. Hi, Ellis Pod fans, it's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs, like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy, or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant, like Darren Ward, or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football.